One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. True North True Crime is now available on Patreon. You can now listen to exclusive bonus episodes, early release episodes, and ad-free episodes by signing up at patreon.com slash tntcpod. This podcast contains graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the territories of the Coast Salish people. Cold cases are some of the most difficult files for law enforcement to solve. But behind every cold case is a person, a human being with a family, with goals, with hopes and dreams. As time goes by for some historic missing persons cases, their existence slowly becomes an old photograph, a newspaper cutting, an evidence box, and a case number. Witnesses get older, their memories fade or they themselves pass away. Even as technology moves forward, some cases slowly over decades seem to fall out of the reach of even the most advanced tools. But for some families of the missing, they continue to push and to keep their loved one's name and story in the spotlight. On the evening of October 17, 1982, an off-duty Abbotsford taxi driver was spotted in Mission, British Columbia, driving his cab down the Lougheed Highway. There was a passenger in his taxi. The next morning, he did not show up for work. It has now been 40 years, and neither the taxi driver nor his cab have ever been found. Tonight, we present the disappearance of Clayton Mark Boussier, and you are listening to True North True Crime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. If you're new to True North True Crime, we are an independent podcast bringing awareness to missing people and victims of violent crime. We are a two-person team researching and recording these episodes from start to finish. We also want you to know that we do take case suggestions and we always prioritize cases that come to us from family members or direct contacts of those cases. You can send us a case request at any time at truenorthtruecrime at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram at tntcpod. 
We use that to post about missing people, case updates, and pictures from cases that we have covered. We do also make the occasional announcement about the podcast, so head on over to Instagram and Twitter and give us a follow. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. So tonight we are talking about the 1982 disappearance of Clayton Mark Boussier. This disappearance occurred in the Abbotsford and Mission areas of the lower mainland of British Columbia. At the time of this disappearance, Clayton is described as a white man, 25 years old, 6 foot 1, weighing 175 pounds. He has brown hair and brown eyes. He also has a scar on his forehead and a mustache. Clayton was last seen on the evening of October 17, 1982. Neither Clayton nor the taxi he was driving have been seen since. Anyone with information on this case is asked to call the Abbotsford Police Department at 604-859-5225. The case number is 1982-14093. Despite this case being over 40 years old, it feels like we are no closer to finding out what happened. And due to the age of this case, finding out information on it was incredibly difficult. However, it was the difficulty of this case that encouraged us to cover it. In the current day, we have so many resources, and the news of a missing person can easily create a large digital footprint. However, for these historic cases, there may be an old newspaper archive here or there, but largely these cases are forgotten or not easily searched. So in an effort to increase the digital footprint for Clayton, we are creating this episode. So at least when people search his name, we know that this episode will come up. Bringing new attention to this case is a high priority for Clayton's family. As a result of that, we assembled this episode with the help of family members, and we also spoke with the Abbotsford Police Department. We will also be using a timeline that was constructed by Canada Unsolved. We will link that in our show notes. This case takes place between Mission, B.C. and Abbotsford, B.C. Mission and Abbotsford are part of the lower mainland of British Columbia. Both of these cities are located to the east of Vancouver and make up an area known as the Fraser Valley. The Fraser Valley is an agricultural area with many large-scale farms. Abbotsford and Mission are about a 13-minute drive from one another, And both these cities are about an hour's drive from Vancouver and offer a more tranquil and rural feel in comparison to the big city. Violent crime is quite low in these areas, especially in the late 70s and early 80s when this disappearance happened. So 1982 in general was a very different time in the world than the one we're in right now. You could probably call it pre-digital. There was no internet, no smartphones, no GPS... Not everyone had a camera in their hand at all times. There was no social media, no 24-hour news cycle, and no CCTV. People relied on newspapers, watching the 6 o'clock news for information. They communicated by phone with landlines that were corded to the wall, and when a person wasn't at home or at work, they used a payphone or just didn't talk to anyone that they weren't already with. It was a much simpler time. However, as different as it was, some things were the same in Canada. There was also a Prime Minister Trudeau, and at that time it was Pierre Trudeau, the father of Justin, our current Prime Minister. So Clayton Mark Boussier, and I know that there are some people out there who would pronounce it uh, Boussier, 
Uh, but we did speak to the family, and they were very specific that it should be pronounced Boussiere. Um, he was born in New Westminster, British Columbia on October 18th, 1954. And as a kid, he was a happy child and what is referred to by family as a typical boy. Eventually, his family moved to Port Coquitlam, where he grew up living with his mom and dad. Um, Port Coquitlam is part of the Tri-Cities area, which is also another grouping of cities that make up the Metro Vancouver area. In 1970, the family made one final move to a home on Pearl Avenue in Abbotsford, British Columbia. This move would be permanent, and the family lived there for many years. The Boussiere family is described as close, happy, and always in communication. As a young adult making his way in the world, Clayton lived at home into his 20s and was known as a hard worker. He was working on making and saving money so that one day he could live independently and hopefully own his own home. Personality-wise, he was quite gentle and mild-mannered. He was also quite soft-spoken. He was never seen angry or known as someone who loses their temper. It's also important to note here that Clayton was the type of person that would call if he was going to be 10 minutes late for work. He would also call his mother if he was late coming home for supper. Those who knew him described him as being, quote, of good character and, quote, very conscientious. His music taste leaned towards what is now considered classic rock. He was a big fan of Creedence Clearwater Revival. And Clayton had two best friends at the time, one of whom actually still lives in Abbotsford to this day. Clayton remained a pretty private guy, though, not in the sense that he was keeping secrets. It was more that he wasn't boastful and he kept his thoughts to himself. He was working on bettering his health and it was getting really into fitness and well-being. Apparently, he liked to work out. He did have a girlfriend at the time, but very little is known about her. He would speak about her to his mother, but the woman was never introduced to the family. Around 1976 or 1977, he started working for the Abbotsford Taxi Company, which was one of the cab companies in the Fraser Valley. So he was both living and working in Abbotsford. At the cab company, Clayton worked both as a driver and as a dispatcher. His work relationships were great, and he was very well-liked and friendly with everybody there. After a couple of years, he was able to buy his own taxi. So for a cab driver, this is a huge deal and a sign of a successful career in the cab game. He purchased a Robin's Egg Blue four-door 1978 Pontiac Grand Le Mans, and he used the car for both his own personal life as well as a taxi. Cab companies in the 80s worked a lot differently than the Ubers and Lyfts of today. Most cities and municipalities limit the amount of taxi business licenses that are approved. So the license tends to have a high value. It is not unheard of for three or four cab drivers to use the same vehicle. Meaning that much like a chair in a hair salon, the owner of a taxi can rent the taxi out to other drivers so that they can make money on shifts that the owner is not working. When it came to the distribution of fares, this was done through a dispatcher. Essentially, people call into the cab company to request a cab. The dispatcher then uses a radio to ask which drivers are next in line and who is the closest to the new fare. Each of these fares, including someone flagging down a cab, would be documented in pen and paper by the dispatcher as well as the driver. At the end of the shifts, the fares would be reconciled by the meter in the taxi, that shows the number of fares, the distance driven, and the money earned. 
If you ever took a cab in the 80s or 90s, you may have heard some heated exchanges between dispatchers and taxi drivers over the radio. Now, when Clayton wasn't driving his own cab, he would also take shifts as a dispatcher. It is unclear if this was something that all of the drivers had to do or if it was something that Clayton was doing to make some extra cash. It seems that Clayton was working a mixture of shifts, including days, nights, weekdays, and weekends. So as stated, in 1982, Clayton was living at home with his parents. He was working for Abbotsford Taxi as a driver who owned his own car. And he also filled in shifts from time to time as a dispatcher. On Thursday, October 13, 1982, Clayton spent time with his family and friends. His birthday was coming up in a few days, and he talked about plans for that birthday. Everyone who saw him on Thursday, October 13th, stated that everything seemed normal. Now, the following information comes directly from the CanadaUnsolved.com website and has been corroborated with the family interview we conducted. On Sunday, October 17th, 1982, the day before Clayton's 26th birthday, he worked a day shift as a dispatcher for Abbotsford Taxi. Then, after his shift, he joined a group of co-workers for a game of poker. Now, this was around 5 o'clock. According to witnesses, this was what is considered a penny-ante game of poker. There was no high stakes to this game. The dollar amounts in this game were nominal. Now, witnesses state that Clayton had lost a couple of hands of poker, but he was in good spirits. According to a Vancouver Sun article, another company dispatcher and a cab driver named Ron Johnson stated that there was nothing unusual about Clayton that evening. Quote, he was laughing and joking just like normal. We believe that this poker game took place at the cab depot, perhaps in a break room. When the game was over, Clayton left the depot in his cab. It was assumed that he was going home as his parents were expecting him home to have a small family birthday dinner type thing. This was around 5 or 5.30 p.m. As stated, Clayton lived and worked in Abbotsford, so his drive home would have been a short 15-minute drive. However, there was a witness sighting of Clayton after he left the poker game, and it was nowhere near his home. According to the police at the time, a few hours later, and now we're guessing this is about one or two hours later, in Mission, British Columbia, another cab driver said he was having an evening lunch break at the Highlight Burger Bar. Now, this is a diner on Lowheed Highway or Highway 7 in Mission, and he saw Clayton drive past the diner in his cab, and there was a passenger in the front seat. The Highlight Burger Bar is located at Lowheed Highway and Cedar Street. It was originally opened in 1956. Today, it's known as Rocco's 24-Hour Diner. You might recognize this diner as it's famous for being a set on the CW show Riverdale. This witness was a co-worker and fellow cab driver. His testimony puts Clayton at the corner of Lowheed and Cedar in Mission at close to 7 p.m. So this would be about an hour and a half to two hours after he was seen leaving the poker game. Clayton is seen driving his taxi away from downtown Mission. According to the same witness, Clayton had a passenger in the front seat of his cab. This location is about 13 kilometers from the cab company or a 14-minute drive. Clayton is then seen by the same witness one more time. The witness was still eating at the diner when he looked out the window again and saw Clayton and his taxi. This time, Clayton was driving east down Lowheed Highway, back towards downtown Mission. The witness believed that the passenger was no longer in the taxi, 
However, investigators stated at the time that it remains unclear as to whether or not there was a passenger in the car. So, around 7 p.m. on Sunday, October 17, 1982, was the last time that anyone ever saw Clayton or his taxi. Both seemed to vanish into thin air. Clayton was expected to be at work at Abbotsford Taxi at 7 a.m. the next morning on October 18th, but he never showed up. Clayton Mark Boussier was reported as a missing person by his family, and he has not been seen since. We are now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we return, we will take a deeper look at the locations and the theories that surround this case. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back. Before we move on with this episode, we do want to remind you that True North True Crime is now available on Patreon. You can now receive early release episodes, ad-free episodes, and bonus content by going to patreon.com slash tntcpod. So before the break, we outlined what little information there is out there about the 1982 disappearance of 25-year-old Clayton Mark Boussier. In 1982, Clayton lived with his mother and father in Abbotsford, B.C. He was a dispatcher and taxi driver for Abbotsford Taxi. On Sunday, October 17th, the evening before Clayton's 26th birthday, he played poker with some co-workers and then left the taxi depot. Clayton was not working that night. He was supposed to be going home. However, two hours later, his taxi was spotted twice in the nearby town of Mission, The witness who saw Clayton was another cab driver, and he stated that he saw a passenger in the front seat of Clayton's cab. Neither Clayton nor his taxi have been seen since this sighting. Clayton was reported as a missing person by his family after he failed to show up for work at 7 a.m. on October 18, 1982. So in 1982, the police handled missing persons cases much differently. Law enforcement often believed that a person needed to be missing for 24 hours or 48 hours before it should be investigated. With Clayton being a young, independent, working man with no known risks, his case was not necessarily taken seriously off the top. People are free to come and go in their lives, so a young man taking time to himself is not necessarily a call for alarm. 
The family believe to this day that there was not an appropriate response from the police in regards to the early days of the investigation. But his parents, co-workers, and friends knew that something was wrong. It was not normal for Clayton to miss work or to be out of contact with his family. Now, at this time, this area was policed by the Matsqui Police Service, and a press release issued at the time stated that the police had followed up on two leads, but that those tips did not result in any usable information. The release also stated that police had checked out several remote areas, but did not find either Boussier or the cab. Police also said that they had found no indications of foul play, but the possibility had not been ruled out. So if we take a look at this official statement from 1982, there are a few things to break down, although this is incredibly thin on information. So the police checked out two leads that did not lead to useful information, and we do not know what those leads were. These leads could have been people, perhaps people that may have information or people in Clayton's social life. Or the leads could have been places, places that perhaps Clayton would go in his cab for breaks or places he was known to frequent. Now, since these leads did not garner any useful information, they have not been shared with the family or the press. Now, another aspect of the press release is that law enforcement checked out several remote locations looking for Clayton and his taxi. This is a pretty loaded statement. The area surrounding Abbotsford and Mission is by definition remote. The Fraser Valley is carved up by the Fraser River, multiple lakes, giant open farmland, long remote country roads, thick forest, the Hemlock Valley, and nearby Golden Ears Provincial Park. So this area for most people is by definition remote. We will return to this piece in in just a few moments. The last piece of the press release that is worthy of note is that while law enforcement had no evidence of foul play, they could not rule it out. This part of the statement indicates that even law enforcement finds this case perplexing. Literally anything could have happened to Clayton. Following his disappearance, Clayton's family and friends ran their own searches. They searched isolated roads, abandoned buildings, and the dense wood in Abbotsford and the surrounding areas. Cab drivers in Abbotsford and adjacent municipalities kept watch for Clayton's cab. They called for Clayton over their radios, but there was never a response. Eventually, Clayton's family requested the help of a psychic. This psychic came to their home and did a reading. In the reading, the medium stated, he's by the water. This has led the family to believe that perhaps Clayton and his taxi are in a nearby body of water. Perhaps he had an accident that submerged the taxi. So like we stated earlier, there are quite a few bodies of water in the Fraser Valley, the largest of which being the Fraser River. The river cuts between Mission and Abbotsford, with people utilizing the Mission Bridge to get between the two communities. The Fraser is a beast of a river. It has a strong current, and when people are lost to the Fraser, it can take months before they're found, Some people are never found at all. Some family members have suggested that Stave Lake or Hayward Lake are also viable options that may lead to a discovery. Stave Lake is about an hour drive from the area near Rocco's Diner where Clayton was last seen. Stave Lake is a massive lake with a surface area of 55 kilometers. It was human-created for the purpose of generating hydroelectric power, and the area where the lake is is very remote. 
Hayward Lake is also a part of the hydroelectric system, and this is a much smaller lake compared to Staves Lake and is about a 20-minute drive from the area around Rocco's Diner where he was last seen. So is it possible that Clayton accidentally ended up in a body of water? We took a look at the weather records for the night of October 17, 1982. The sun set around 6.30. There was no wind and the visibility was high at about 20 kilometers. The moon was a waxing crescent that night, so it may have been a little bit darker, especially out in Mission. The weather itself was partly cloudy with temperatures ranging from 6 degrees Celsius down to 3 degrees Celsius. So it wasn't freezing or icy. In fact, driving conditions were pretty good for a fall evening. So based on that information, let's think about the Fraser River first. It is highly unlikely that Clayton's car crashed into the Fraser. I mean, it's been 40 years, and this river is fished, it's dredged, and it's monitored quite a bit. At some point in 40 years, it seems more likely that Clayton's taxi would have been found by now. We're not saying it's impossible. Clayton's cab could have entered into the Fraser at any one of many entry points to the river, or it could have been put in the river intentionally, if foul play was involved. But as an accident, it's hard to figure out how he would have come off the road and into the river. With regards to Stave Lake or Hayward Lake, both of these lakes have bottoms that used to be forests. The lake bed is laden with natural debris that has been there for a hundred years. So is it possible that Clayton's taxi is sitting at the bottom of one of those lakes? Yeah, absolutely. But without good reason, there will be no official searches of the lake system. We do know that there are groups out there who do this type of search and salvage as a hobby. In fact, there's a new TV series called Lost Car Rescue where a group of people search remote areas to find and salvage old cars. Perhaps one day something will be found. We did ask the family about certain theories surrounding Clayton's disappearance, but before we do that, we want to take another look at the key elements of this case. First, let's take a look at the timeline. So around 5 or 5.30, Clayton left the card game at the taxi depot. He was, le- he was allegedly on his way to his family home on Pearl Avenue. By our estimates, this is about a 15-minute drive. So at the latest, he would have gotten home from the depot at or before 6. But he didn't go home. According to the police and the witness statement, Clayton was seen driving past the diner, quote, a few hours later. Now, this isn't a specific time, but we do know that the second sighting was at 7, so we can make a huge assumption here and say that the first sighting was before 7. The drive between the depot and the diner in Mission is about 14 or 15 minutes. So, what was Clayton doing between 5.30 and 7 p.m.? This brings us to the passenger in his car. The witness stated that he saw Clayton's taxi pass the diner twice. The first time was before 7 p.m. Clayton's taxi is heading away from downtown Mission. In the front passenger seat was an unknown person. Then at around 7 p.m., Clayton's cab is seen by the same witness heading in the opposite direction he was traveling the first sighting. This time he was going towards downtown Mission. The witness stated that upon the second sighting, they did not observe a passenger. 
However, investigators at the time said it remains unclear if the passenger was in the cab at the second sighting. We're unsure why this discrepancy exists between witness statement and the official response. Perhaps it's just due to this being a 40-year-old case and information is getting distorted over time. But let's assume that there was a passenger in the car. Clayton was not working as a taxi driver that night. We know he worked dispatch that day and had the night off. He was supposed to return to work the next morning at 7 a.m. So the question is, did Clayton know the passenger or did he pick up a fare? We know that with today's taxi regulations that an off-duty cab driver can't just drive around picking up fares, especially fares that were not called into dispatch and undocumented by dispatch. It's a pretty unethical move and seems out of character for Clayton. But we know that Clayton used his taxi as a personal car, so was he with someone he knew? And if he was, who are they? Well, whoever they are, they've remained silent for 40 years. This was a pretty big news story in a small community in 1982. In fact, one of the local newspapers ran an article titled, Missing Cabbie Puzzles Police. So why, if there was some media attention, would the passenger not come forward? So we asked the family members about some possible theories in this case. We first asked about the idea of some kind of accident. And the family does feel like this is a strong possibility, based on the psychic reading and the remoteness of the area surrounding Abbotsford and Mission, it is possible that Clayton's taxi went off the road and has just not been found. There was a story recently uh, in the last number of years of a truck going off the highway uh, that fell into a ravine and that wasn't that truck driver wasn't found for days. In fact, his GPS had stopped working um, due to the mountains in the area. So, you know, this is 1982. It is very possible that Clayton's car went off the road somewhere. So the next theory that we passed by the family, we asked them if a death by suicide is a possibility in Clayton's case. And the family rejects this theory. They stated to us, no, he would never. The family feels very strongly that this is not the case. They did add, however, that no one is ever inside someone else's head. So you never know. We next asked the family if it is possible that Clayton would willingly go missing. Again, they did not think that this is a likely scenario. He had a lot of things going on in Abbotsford. He was a business owner with his own taxi. He had housing. He was saving for his own house. He had family who loved him. He had friends. They did, however, state that he had a legal issue in the United States that he had to deal with. However, they did not have any further details on what that was about. Traveling back and forth to the United States and Canada in 1982 was a pretty simple thing to do with not much, if anything, in the way of digital tracking. You could just basically drive up to the border with a driver's license and and then drive into the United States. The U.S. border is also a very short drive from Abbotsford. But the question remains, how can a man in a robin's egg blue taxi disappear in just a matter of hours? The family does believe strongly that foul play was involved in Clayton's disappearance. For an entire person and a taxi to disappear for 40 years with no leads would suggest that some sort of planning or coordination took place. There is no evidence that there were people who wanted to harm Clayton, nor is there any evidence of an extreme level of criminality that would lead to his death. 
However, there is one person in Clayton's life that may have some answers, and that person was his girlfriend at the time. All we know about her is that Clayton had been seeing her long-term for about two years. He spoke about her to his mother, however, he never brought her home to meet the family. In fact, no one in the family had ever met her. When Clayton went missing, she never came forward, not to search, not to speak with the police, not to express condolences to the family, nothing. When we asked the family about her, they stated, There are some concerns about the girlfriend no one met. She's never come forward nor attempted to help. I guess the question here is, who was the passenger in his taxi that evening, and could it have been his girlfriend? It was his birthday the next day, so it would make sense that they might hang out that night. We know that in many cases that husbands, wives, girlfriends, and boyfriends are often the first suspects. But as she has never come forward, we may never know. We asked the family if they could help us to understand the impact that this case has had on them. They shared with us the following statement, quote, Both his parents have died without closure. It's believed his disappearance contributed to the death of his father as he couldn't handle the pain of the loss and his heart just gave out. His remaining family still are searching for answers and dealing with the grief, suffering, and anxiety that comes with a lack of closure. They deeply long for answers. Someone was with Clayton that night and likely knows what happened. We hope that person comes forward. We want to bring Clayton home in any way possible. Even though this case is 40 years old, there seems to be a renewed interest in it. The family has recently been contacted by law enforcement who expressed that they were still working on initiatives to keep Clayton's case in the media. A recent article was just printed in the Chilliwack Progress newspaper on November 16, 2022, titled, Abbotsford Police Ask for Help in Solving 40-Year-Old Missing Person Case. We reached out to the Abbotsford Police media team for a comment, and they stated the following, Thanks for reaching out to us on this. I can confirm that our major crime unit is still investigating Clayton's disappearance. Any new information that comes into the Abbey PD, Abbotsford Police Department, is investigated with the hopes that it leads us to locate Clayton. We continue to be in contact with Clayton's family, providing them with updates on the status of our investigation. Our most recent contact with the family was in October of this year. Our detective assigned to this case is also in touch with our partners from the RCMP Forensic Lab, the BC Coroner Service, and others to assist us with this investigation. This case will remain open until Clayton is located. We continue to encourage anyone with information surrounding Clayton's disappearance to contact the Abbotsford Police Department and speak to investigators as the information they may have could be vital in this case. That's from Paul Walker, a sergeant and media relations officer. We asked Clayton's family if there is any way that our listeners can help. They ask that you share this episode to help keep Clayton's case and name out there. We will also be sharing um, photos of Clayton on our Facebook as well as our Instagram. Please share those. They have recently also started a Reddit group called R. Clayton Boussier. That's B-U-S-S-I-E-R-E. Um, you can go there and you can follow that group and maybe participate in some of the discussion. So on the night before his 26th birthday, Clayton played some cards with his co-workers, and after leaving the depot in Abbotsford, he was spotted in his taxi about two hours later in nearby Mission. 
The next day, October 18, 1982, he did not show up for work at 7 a.m. Neither Clayton nor his taxi have been seen since. Police have indicated that although they found no evidence of foul play, they could not rule it out. Clayton is described as a white man, 6 foot 1, 175 pounds with dark hair, brown eyes, a mustache, and a scar on his forehead. He was wearing a gray cardigan with elbow patches, a black digital watch, a necklace with a pendant of St. Christopher, the patron saint of travel. He was also wearing navy blue corduroy pants. His four-door 1978 Pontiac Grand Le Mans had a British Columbia license plate number 1931-JB. It also had a Washington state plate on the front end with the number 1030. The cab was an Abbotsford taxi with the number 6 painted on the rear roof panel. The interior of the car is a dark blue velour. Anyone with any information is asked to call the Abbotsford Police Department Major Crime Unit at 604-859-5225. The case number is 1982-14093, or you can call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. We would like to thank Clayton's family for contacting us and trusting us with this story. We would also like to thank the Abbotsford Police Department for answering our emails. And as always, we want to thank each and every one of you for joining us for this episode of True North True Crime. We will be back soon with a new episode. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.